0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. Uh, My name is Joe Marcellina, and alongside me once again is former high school football coach Mike Lachman. Coach, thanks again for uh, stopping in and joining. Always a pleasure. Uh, We're recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, the show's available every Wednesday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Well, all right, where do we want to start this week? Uh, kind of a, an interesting week, a um, couple of big games, a com- couple of upsets, um, one team already clinching a playoff spot in Division One. Yeah, which unbelievable. Which seems like um, almost unheard of, even though uh, there's only three weeks left in the season, which it really, that again, it doesn't feel like. I, I think the early start to the season You know, beginning the last Friday of August, uh, it's thrown off my schedule, yeah, or thrown me off a little bit because I can't fathom that we're we're two thirds of the way through this year.
1: Yeah, there's a lot, uh, obviously, a lot more ball to be played. But I was looking at your uh, your playoff, um, you know, sort of uh, predictions and figuring how things would stand right now, and I was looking at that, I was like, this carries a lot more weight than it did a couple weeks ago because we're that much closer to the finish line. And again, there's certainly a lot more ball to be played, but. Uh, I was looking at some of the scenarios in there. I'm like, yeah, we're getting down to the wire now.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know uh, what we were alluding to that, that Bedford, with its win over Nashua South this past week, goes to six and zero, only undefeated team left in Division One, um, and that, that gives them um, a playoff spot. You know, yeah. at six and zero, you know, because at worst they can finish six and three. They hold the tiebreakers now over all of those teams that they would end up tied with if that were to happen. Yep. Um, with with the exception of Merrimack, they have n- not played Merrimack yet, but you know, they'd both have to finish 6 and 3 for that to have any any or somewhere be, you know between, you know, 8 and 1 and 6 and 3, let's say. Right. Um you know, but you know, they're they're once again in the playoffs. Uh, a win, I think this week gives them the North Conference title. Doesn't wrap up the number one seed unless something weird happens with Nashua North, um, and they they were to lose. Um, but you know, just you know, for to keep in mind, um, Bedford has twice won the North Conference uh, in 2014 and in 2016, and both times reached the championship game. So hmm. um, worth worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. Depending on how things shake out, you would you would tend to think that that might be the same story this year. Uh, you know, and then on the other side of the uh, side of things, Winneconnet had a chance to, to also get a playoff spot, uh, wrap up a playoff spot last week. Uh, when their 19th and 19th in a row uh, ended up falling at Londonderry, 38-34. Um, yeah. So their first loss going back to to the end of 2016, and uh, a huge one for Londonderry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we were talking weeks ago about uh, the Londonderry
1: uh, victory over Salem which at the time was was a pretty big deal for uh, Coach Lawson's program and, and those kids. And now you look at this, and this is probably the signature win um, to dethrone the the reigning champ. By the way, a team, when it kind of has been we, – we were talking last week about all the adversity that they've overcome, next man up. They've and had so many yeah, different players yeah. that have contributed to their success this year, and the fact that they have a, an unbelievable defense. And then you look at the – the score, I mean, the Londonderry's offense, which which I had mentioned, uh, has th- you know th- they don't look remarkable, but they just have this ability to make guys miss.
0: Yeah, and they made
1: Salem look really bad. I thought uh, defensively in terms of just Salem's tackling, um, they're slippery, and they're determined, and uh, they're they're uh, that was a big win for them.
0: They seem to be a team that comes up with a lot of big plays. Uh, yeah, you know I th- the couple times I've seen them, they have gone on a few drives, but a lot of their points in those games I, I saw came on big plays, whether it was special teams, defense, offense, um, you know, they and they've got some talented kids. It's just a matter of, you know, getting it all, putting it all together, which, you know, in their one loss this year against Pinkerton, they weren't able to do. Yeah. Um, the first half of that game against Salem, you know, they, they fell behind and, and, and had to bounce back. Um, but, you know, i, I got to imagine now, that, you know, they, they had that big win against Wyndham. Two weeks ago yeah which was a battle yeah um they had to hang on for that one Yep. this one same kind of thing they got up big and had to hang on um you know they they've got spalding this week but i know they still have exeter coming up so it's a a, a tough one but you know if they and 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 oddly enough because of tiebreakers and all that um you know despite having the wins that they have they still need pinkerton to kind of slip up somewhere uh, in order to get that, you know, that home game that comes with winning a conference, um, you know, as we, you, know, P- you know, their loss to Pinkerton kind of still gives Pinkerton that edge yeah. for the conference. Um, you know, and Winneconnet has a, a, a tough task this week trying to bounce back back against the Salem team. They got stunned by Wyndham. Um, you know, they were coming off. There's another one, Pinkerton, right? Pinkerton and. Um, you know, Wyndham able to pull out a close win. there, kind of keep themselves alive, yeah, in the, in the playoff race. I think, I think Potter threw four touchdown passes. Four, four, four touchdowns. I think he had four hundred yards passing. Just really uh, that's remarkable. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not what you would expect from uh, from a Wyndham team. Um, but you know, they looked they looked very good in the second half against Londonderry. You know, uh, and then last week against Salem. I mean, they again they threw themselves right back into the mix at you know at three and three. Um, you know, they're. They'd need to pull off some big wins down the stretch, but you know they—they're right in this. Yeah, and I don't know
1: what Wyndham's positioning is. You'd know better. I, I actually, I actually did not get to as I mentioned to you when you were coming in. I did uh, the only one I didn't get to was your D1 predictions. I don't know where Wyndham stands in all this, but you got to figure down the stretch here. I don't know what their remaining schedule looks like, but they're going to be really dangerous if they can run the ball as well as they traditionally have been, and they've got a quarterback who can throw for four touchdowns and. Three to four hundred yards against a, a really quality team like Salem. I mean, that's that's
0: pretty impressive. What uh, do you got remaining Wyndham, for Wyndham? Wyndham hosts um, Timberline this Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, but then they have to play at Pinkerton the following week. So right. they would probably need to win that game. Um, you know, it, it has happened in the past, but it would be very tough this year, I think, for a four loss team, um, to especially in this conference yeah. uh, on this side of the cluster to get in. um yeah so they would probably need to win out beat Timberlane, win at Pinkerton and um, I, I know you you made a f- you made a face it looks like they've split on the schedule Portsmouth and Oyster River yeah, in the was final game. Like, what happened? They yeah. only have actually 3 <laughs> games left. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, playing Portsmouth Oyster River in the in the finale. Yeah, um, you know so I mean you know and and if they don't make it uh, a 5 and 4 season in division one. With um, some quality um, wins. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and a
1: and a really good performance against what is obviously an elite Londonderry team or a very good Londonderry yeah, team. Yeah. And then know. a win
0: over a good Salem team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of four losses probably meaning that you're out, that that means there's a big game going on on the seacoast this weekend with Exeter at Dover. Yeah. Uh, both teams at three and three in the standings. Um, and you and you know, just by default the, the loser of that game um, know is is all but eliminated from the playoffs I would think at that point yeah
1: and both of those teams had big tune-ups this week in terms of just you know they both sort of cruised in those victories I think uh, Dover beat um, Portsmouth Oyster River and Exeter beat Spaulding pretty handily um, so all indications there would be there both they're both clicking pretty good so and that's a that's a classic sort of seacoast rivalry you know I mean Dover Exeter go back to the old days of the old Division Two in the old format, way back, uh, two formats ago, um, and always played each other really tough. They both have very good coaches. Bill Ball and Ken Osbin are both uh,
0: very accomplished, very good coaches, obviously. So that's a good game. Uh, you know, and even the winner of that game is going to have um, their work cut out for them. You know, with Dover finishing after Exeter this week at Londonderry and against Salem. Yeah. And then Exeter gets Portsmouth Oyster River and then finishes the year with Londonderry. So you know, no guarantees that the winner is going to be in there either, uh, unless you know a few other things happen across uh, across the cluster.
1: Yeah, it looks like either team would have to have to win out, which is a tall order. You might say Dover has a little bit of a tougher road to hoe um, than Exeter. If Exeter, assuming Exeter beats Dover, Exeter could win out and. Um, but, you know, they've still got a very good Londonderry team to finish the season on. I
0: mean, but they could win out and still come up short considering that, you know, they're a game behind. Right. Um, you know, win co- well, they're they're a game behind Salem and then th- two games behind Winnicott, uh, Pinkerton, and, 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 and Londonderry. Right. Um, Man, that's a tough cluster. I, yeah, yeah, it is. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's after, you know, after a couple seasons where, y- you know, you could see who seven out of the eight playoff teams were going to be. Um, you know, two weeks before the season ended, I think this is uh, a little intriguing on on both sides because, of course, you know you've got like we we're just saying y- y- we've got three games left, and there's um, you know there's seven teams yeah playing for four playoff spots on one side of the the cluster right, and then you look at the other side right, and you've got um, you know six more teams. That are alive for four spots over there. Yeah, um, you know, with Bedford, of course, already being in um, North and Merrimack tied for that top spot in the West Conference. Uh, Concord, at the moment, would actually be that fourth team. Yeah, um, you know, at four and two, and they have a, a Thursday night game this week against Merrimack. Yeah, I mean, that one's going to be huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, Central and Goffstown are still still alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then we were talking before we started about how how. Uh fascinating it's been to see Goffstown improve week to week this season um and you know you could argue hey some of that is uh, you know the the the, the opponents you're facing and when you're facing them but i mean that that win against central um
0: you know central
1: central is that two in a row for central that they've lost three in a row they were three
0: and oh and then they've lost three in a row since yeah and i would have uh I would
1: have predicted Central would have beaten Goffstown based on what I saw from Goffstown early in the season, but right, yeah. sounds like those guys are are just improving week to week. Mm-hmm. Maybe Central's not doing the same. I don't know. Um, um, but yep. uh, but it sounded uh, yeah. like Charlie Keith ended up having to make a big play at the end of the game, and it was a
0: it was a, a classic. So they drew up in the dirt on yeah. the uh, the on the uh, second base cutout there yeah. on the. <laughs> <Yeah>. on the <laughs> on on gill stadium um you know you say that you know okay yeah goffstown struggled to open the season but yeah you look at at, at the teams that they played were a combined are a combined at this point 16 and two uh right you know with with their losses coming against each other right so it's kind of a i mean in hindsight you know the beatings were pretty uh one-sided in in a couple of those games you know against bedford against merrimack yeah um Know, but, but against very quality, very, yeah, quality teams. opponents, yeah. the top of the the top of the conference or yeah. the cluster. Um, you know, thi- this week, you know, we mentioned a couple of, of the the bigger games there. Um, the other game, I think, that kind of um, you know draws a little bit of attention, uh, if only because it's at the other end of the the spectrum. Uh, Goffstown hosting Nashua South. Um, you know, South, I guess, mathematically, you know, ha- hasn't been eliminated yet. Um, you know, they need a lot of other teams to beat up. On each other to get in, um, and they'd really have to bounce back from some some rough performances of their own. Um, you and know, they've been banged up a little bit. banged up I a think, little bit. Yeah. L- the last three games, they've only scored 14 points. Yeah, um, shut out twice in that, which is just yeah. unheard of uh, for you know Nashua South teams. Yeah, who shut them out? Merrimack, Merrimack and, and, and Bedford this past and week. Bedford, right? Two in a row then. Um, no, they had the uh, North game in between. Okay. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 14 yeah, that's against right. North. Yeah. yeah, the big rivalry yeah. game was in there. Is uh is do you know is Jalen
1: Pacheco is he up and running? Yeah, he's been playing.
0: He okay. played, played the last two games. He looked pretty good on defense in both games. It's just um you know against against Bedford tough to tough to run against them. Yeah. Um you know and, and Bedford was getting so much pressure. Um, you know when Nor- when when South would pass the, would drop back to passes. You know, really didn't. They were then able you know made it tougher to to, to you know find rooms to run uh, yeah. for South. Yeah. Um, uh, any any final thoughts on Division One before we move on to uh, the rest of? Uh, no, I football. don't think so. I
1: think we covered it. good. I mean, there's not going to be some, those marquee games like we've had. The last couple of weeks have been star-studded rivalry type things, but there's still a lot. You know, now it's down to pinch time though, and you're going to start to see the the shape of things. And I think uh, some of these games will will be do or die for some of these teams. You know, the Dover Exeter game, for example, is a yeah. big one.
0: Yeah. You know, in, in Division II, uh, same kind of thing going on, I think. No really – you know, there's a couple of, of big games um, in terms of, you know, potential seeding, but nothing that's going to, um, you know, alter the landscape of things maybe except that Hanover and Bo game. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got Bo going up to Hanover on a Friday night, um, Hanover coming in at 6-0, and Bo at 5-1, and yep. having one five in a row. I mean that's a, and that's a game too. You know, with the style of offenses that both teams play, I mean they kick off at seven and they could be done by eight forty-five. Yeah, it'll be a slobber knocker. Any um, anybody driving up there from southern New Hampshire <laughs> better be get there the on time. Well, they may be in the car longer than they actually are sitting at the game watching it. Yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, and then the other big one um, is a Saturday game. Well. I should say two more big ones um you have the south hegan hollis brookline game yeah friday night the big one in the south and then a crossover game between uh alvern at john stark on saturday that um you know a, a win in that one for either team it could boost them into you know help put them into a top four spot in a home game in the quarterfinals right
1: yeah it's, it's interesting we can start with the the Sauhegan, um Hollis Brookline game. A, a game that a couple weeks ago you might not have thought oh no, had yeah, the significance. Yeah. And then Hollis Brookline lost to um, Pelham two weeks ago in, in very convincing, or, stunning, <laughs> or maybe unconvincing fashion, fashion yeah, depending on yeah. which side you were rooting for. Um, and then... Uh, and then Sauhegan in a game that i i went to go see and <laughs> realized that it had been pushed back so i got to see the uh, pinkerton academy band practicing for about five minutes good, before i decided nice. to, yeah it was yeah. nice they're good yeah. but that's not what i went there for so i ended up turning <laughs> around and going home because i wasn't going to wait two hours for the game to begin uh. but then Sauhegan goes out and, and and like if i had money to put i would have said geez given what pelham's defense did to sandra wimmer and hollis brookline so Higan's
0: gonna struggle against that and it wasn't the case. So Hegan came was out. It was stunning. Especially I did I I did go yeah, out to that one yeah. game. And I thought, you know, the way it looked early, Sohegan moved the ball on its first drive and then it had a couple penalties. They ended up having to punt. Pelham scored on its first play. Um First play from scrimmage. First play from scrimmage. Yeah. Um and it was one of those like you kind of watch and, and it's like, just geez, does anyone know how to tackle? Yeah. Um you know th- so they're up 7 nothing early um, looked like they were going to cruise and then the next thing you know it's howegan hits a big play yep. and it's 7-7 seven seven. like okay well maybe maybe we'll settle down yep. here and kind of roll and then nope Pelham comes right back boom touchdown go for two for some reason they went for two on every touchdown after that and only got the first one which i was a little
1: yeah i didn't know that i
0: didn't know the thinking behind that put them in the hole a yeah, little bit huh? um, cuz they ended up you know late in the game instead of only being down by a score They end up down nine points and, you know, needing to score twice. Um, The first half was just such back and forth, back and forth. And then the second half was was more defense, you know. um, Pelham tried to throw the ball a little bit more, um, not as successful as they were running the ball. And then Sauhegan was really just able to take time off the clock. Yeah. Um, You know, they had a couple good drives. They ended up scoring on a few. They got a defensive touchdown on on a a, a botched snap. snap, Yeah. yeah. yeah, I, I think I think outside of maybe St. Thomas, and I don't know. I guess I guess because you know they've been playing some of the the weaker teams in the division the last couple of weeks. I, I mean that South Conference is like who shows up week yeah. to week. I mean Milford has been on a tear mil- as m- of late. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep they've been very good. Um, yeah. You so know, but they but they've lost. They lost to St. Thomas. They lost to Hollis. Right. And that's kind of the interesting thing too is you've got m- you know Milford has beaten South They beat Pelham. They lost to Hollis. Hollis beat Milford, but they lost to Pelham. So Higan, uh beats Pelham yeah. and loo- loses to Milford. And, and, of course, they've got Hollis this week. It's just it's kind like of, a of a round Robin yeah. Of, of wins and losses. You know, and then you look at Alverne still has to play Milford and Hollis yeah. to end the season. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be Oh, well, and this week,
1: like you mentioned, you mentioned that. And then they, have game to to they have to Stark, go to John Stark. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Stark. I mean, that's not going to be an easy task. S- Stark plays decent defense, and they can
0: run the heck out of the ball. So of those teams, the Alvern, Milford, Hollis, Sauhegan, Pelham, those look on paper like they all could be playoff teams. Right. And one of them's not probably not going to be. Maybe maybe even two. Maybe two of them. That's ah, crazy. Yeah. Ah.
1: And, and then you you look at what's left for the season and you kind of start thinking about it. You know, it's like, w- who will, you know, and like you said, Alvern has a lot of a lot of work to do, but they've been gaining confidence and growing. Um, I don't quite remember what Sauhegan has left. I think they have
0: well, their, c- their crossover to end the season is, is with Bow, Bo, right? I know that, a that's pretty a pretty tough, tough one. one. I believe they have West in between, yeah, Hollis and and, and Bow. But even West, West has, has kind been of an improved team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You
1: know, when was the last time we were able to say West was two and three? It's been a long while. Well last
0: now. week they're two and two and four now. Oh, is that right? <laughs> okay, yeah, two and four. Yeah, yeah. Um, um. <laughs> but yeah, they and they've they've played some teams. They've been able to score points this year. Um, you know, they played some teams well. They they were you know they opened the season with a three point loss to Sanborn. Um, which you know, you in hindsight, you know, if they play that game now, maybe it's a much different outcome. Yeah. Um, you know, they, sc- you know, their games against Milford and Hollis are ones that make you kind of wonder that could have been a close game at one point. You know, thirty-four, fourteen against Hollis, thirty-five, twelve against Milford. Um, you know, were they in those games, and Milford and Hollis just kind of pulled away? But um, yeah,
1: you yeah. Know, so they've t-
0: definitely been more competitive this year than they have been. And Milford is a, I think is
1: is a deceptive four and two because, they really probably could have, should have beaten Hollis Brookline. I mean, you were at that game, and I think it. Oh, you weren't. Somebody was. I thought maybe somebody from your your.
0: No, I don't believe so. No, all right, maybe not. Um, but still, a seven point seven point game. Yeah, and they were up. Yeah, uh, they were up. weren't um. they up 21-13, I think at one point. Yeah, 21-14? And, it, and It took
1: kind of some magic yeah. at the end for for that offense to come back. And then the St. Thomas game was down to the wire at the very end. So, I mean, Milford could be undefeated.
0: Could have been undefeated at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so <laughs> they're they're nine no seven eight points away. Excuse me. Oh let's do math, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> eight points away from being undefeated right. this year, and with. They a they have favorable schedule the rest of the right, way they with they that Alvern game at the, the end.
1: Easiest uh, of the schedules um, in terms of those other those other teams, um, you, you know that are that are not uh, the, in, the the you know, in
0: that that group of teams yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. Hollis has Egan this week, then Alvern and then St. Thomas to finish out the year. Yeah. I and mean, depending on a, how things go, rough, rough they could stretch.
1: Conceivably, go zero oh and three.
0: They could go three and zero oh too. That's what you're saying. Yeah, anybody yeah. could win, but
1: some very evenly matched um, games remain for some of these teams I think Division two's remainder the schedule remainder especially in the south is probably the most interesting in New Hampshire right now the way those teams have played each other
0: and it's it's no you know no picnic for some of these teams in the north either as we said Bo and Hanover play this weekend yep. that's a big one big st- starts a big stretch for Hanover where they have Bo John Stark and Plymouth yeah to end the year you know Bo has Hanover Kennett, which is struggled in recent weeks but was, you know pretty good team this year um and then they're at Salhegan you know, yeah it's it's uh probably the one team um you know plymouth probably has the easiest schedule remaining of the teams in the north with with the exception of that hanover game at the end of the year but no, no i'm sorry that's at hanover on a friday on the last friday night yeah. of the season but that's they have two teams that haven't haven't won a game yet this season i think in between so and you know what? Finally, those teams are going to get to play each other. Right. Uh, Merrimack Valley, Pembroke, and and Kingswood are going to get to play each other and, and and get some wins. Yeah. Um. You know, all three of them are sitting at sit 0-6 oh six, oh 6 this year. Yeah. Um. You know, just tough tough years for all three of them. Not not that we expected any of them to to be a threat. You know, this a playoff contender, but no, not yet. I think those some of those teams and
1: programs are still growing. Yeah. And getting used to new coaches and things like that 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 takes a lot more time
0: than you might think yeah. so moving on to division three we are still one week away from uh the game uh, yeah right <laughs> division three um you know and, and and now here we are with with laconia beating stevens last week um it's campbell and Menadnock, the the two remaining undefeated teams in the division you know both were undefeated last year going into the championship game that um you know campbell won um Wow, I'm blanking on the score. Twelve to eight, yeah, I believe it the was final one score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that game is at Manadnock this year, yeah, um, which is Friday tough. night, six thirty kickoff.
1: That's a tough place to go and win. I'll tell you that right now.
0: I've never actually been out there for a game. You're not know, missing uh, a whole lot. No, I mean the facility is <laughs> nice. It's just a, it, the, 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 ride the drive. The drive is brutal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you would yeah. know that. You would know that better than uh, better than I would. Yeah. Right? No,
1: the facility is actually yeah. pretty nice. They yeah. do a nice job on the field and I, the the the. Uh, it usually looks really nice it's a it's a pretty cool place but it's but it's not it's kind of tucked <laughs> out there sort of uh. past keen you well you know I- interestingly too those two teams Campbell and Monadnock both had very different experiences this week for two top teams you know you look at Monadnock um, sort of run, ran away with one against a quality Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton team but I think that was a f- that was a 40 point Forty point win, right? six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I don't think at any point really, I you know I, I saw some of the stats from that game. Um, Manadnock held uh, a very potent Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton rushing attack to negative one yards for the game. For the game. For the game. Yeah. Wow. And and only it was like hundred and twenty passing yards or something, and some one of the one of those was on one big play. So, so Manadnock dominates a, a high quality. Uh, What, what again, could have been an undefeated Hillsborough and Hopkins team if it wasn't for that one-point loss to Interlakes. And then on the flip side, you had Campbell, who by uh, by every measure that guys like me and you would have been able to come up with, you would have said, well, they'll destroy uh, Kearsarge, who hasn't had a win yet. And Kearsarge was up at one point against
0: Campbell. And it w- ended up being a fourteen-point win for Campbell. Right. You know, right. They yeah,
1: they pulled it together and,
0: and and took care of business. But they have both at points this year had games that you just kind of say, "Wow, you know, that's they're still dominant as ever." And then you've had they've had games where it's kind of you know, the week before m- you know, um, Manadnock beating Newport twenty-four nothing. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that game was scoreless at halftime that Mananoc scored all 24 points in the second half. Yeah. You know, so they've had, you know, they had the, uh, a five-point win over Trinity in a game that they statistically dominated. Right. Um, but just couldn't score. Right. You know, Campbell has the, the game you mentioned last week, you know, that a couple weeks ago, um, you know, they they're had a tougher game against Laconia. Um, you know, they end up winning that one by, by three touchdowns. But, you know, I can believe that one was close for a stretch. Yeah. Um, you know,
1: yeah, so neither of them are he like
0: running away with it like they did last year. No, kind of, you, know? you know, and and I just am noticing this now about their schedules. Neither one of them plays Stevens, um, hmm. which is an interesting um, scheduling quirk this year. Yeah, Campbell doesn't play Hillsborough, during Hopkinton. Yeah, um, you know, and they're and of course Monaghan with the twelve-team division, they also don't play someone that Campbell plays. Yeah, um, this year and Trinity's know. still in that mix now.
1: Does Trinity play yeah. all three of those teams?
0: Trinity has already
1: yep, got the heavier
0: schedule. They've already played Monadnock and Campbell lost both those games. That's their two losses. Yeah. And, um, and then they still. have Hillsborough during Hopkinton this week. And then Stevens the following week. And then the team that, uh, I, you know, on your, while you were on your, your break, um, I said to Roger Brown, don't be surprised if they end up making the playoffs, uh, after an and for start is uh worth. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, they've won two games in a row now. Uh, you know, if you look at what they had to start the schedule, perhaps maybe the toughest first four games of any team yeah. in, in the state with Campbell, Manadnock, Laconia, and Stevens yeah. right right out of the gate. Yeah. Um, no, You know, kind of no wonder they were 0-4, but they bounced back nicely. And, um, you know, they not only – I mean, if they win out, which, you know, isn't a guarantee, but they've got, you know, two um, two teams that have one win combined coming up in Epping and, and Kearsarge. Yep. And they finish with Trinity – they could end up at five and four, and not only be in the playoffs, but they could be like a six or seven seed with that record.
1: Right. Yeah. The Trinity. The Trinity game there at the end of the year will be a big one for summer's worth. I mean, that's because both of those teams have kind of followed a similar pattern. Well, no, not really. I mean, they, they've both kind of.
0: They've won the games they were supposed to win. Yeah, and that's and what and maybe m- lost the games that they they yeah. Yeah, that you would that say. That you think, be, think yeah. they would lose? Yeah. Um, yeah you know so it's 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 shaping up to be kind of interesting coming down the stretch here um, i know what's been talked about a little bit on online and social media and you know still a lot of games that are not very close in the division um, you know i, I seem <laughs> like a
1: lot of blowouts this week a or, lot, or a lot yeah. of there were a, even when it wasn't a blowout there was 60 to what was the Trinity 30, score? 30 60 to 30, to 30 over, over in. uh, interlakes yeah yeah and then you get and then you got to wonder how much of the 30 I didn't get a chance to read about that one, but how much of that thirty was it? Was it, was it, a much greater deficit at one point, and the thirty got accumulated, yeah, uh, yeah, or or, or was it competitive and you know Trinity just sort of
0: pulled away? I, you know, you never know how the the story went unless you read the story, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure about that, um, you know. And then, not too much to talk about with Division Four because Division play. Four pl- didn't play last right. week uh, on there their second bye week of the season of course just a seven game uh season regular season for those teams but um i think the b- the big game maybe in there this week uh or maybe two of them um you know bishop brady and fall mountain i think teams that we kind of thought might be competitive for playoff spots um kind of maybe the beginning of the last chance for one of those two teams yeah, um, yeah both of those
1: programs got to feel a little disappointed that, that i mean i think Fall Mountains improved
0: over where they were last year, but it was a tough start. Um, you know, and Bishop Brady, I mean, they were fighting for a playoff t- spot last year in Division Three. Two years ago, they were, uh, believe, a semifinalist. Uh, they've, um, you know, definitely dropped a little bit. Yeah. But then, um, you know, Franklin going to Raymond, um, I think, is the other is the other kind of game to watch. Um, you know, Franklin, of course, undefeated, um, and Raymond uh, sitting at two and two. In the uh, the last playoff spot, there.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, so that that should be an interesting one to watch. Um, we have two undefeated up. teams. Winnisquam and Franklin, and are, Franklin. Are, are still undefeated and don't play until the yeah, uh, play the, the final game of the regular season. So, yep. be interesting to see if both of them make it that far. Yeah. Uh, without a without a loss. Uh, any other I don't know. Final thoughts or any place you're you're looking to go to this weekend that you're uh, looking y- forward to? You know, I really. I really want to go
1: see um, Hollis Brookline, Sauhegan. I coach at
0: both of those schools,
1: <laughs> but that's probably in the area anyway. That's the most interesting game. Yeah. So and I and I really wanted to see Sauhegan, Pelham, and obviously uh, I, I ended up seeing five minutes of band practice instead. So maybe I can make up for it this uh, week and, and get it, out to the. I mean,
0: one. I I got to imagine given given what the game they played last year, and the way Sauhegan played last week, and knowing how Hollis plays. It's going to be a track meet. It could be a four-hour game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'll stay for four hours. <laughs> Keep the ball in bounds and run it every yeah, once in yeah. a while. and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. For
1: the fans. Everybody everybody,
0: work on their hands this week. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for um, joining me. And Absolutely. And I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.